Okay, good morning, everybody. Everybody's well. Happy Thursday, happy Wednesday. Happy Hanukkah. Sorry for yesterday's noise for those who were with me yesterday. Things that are beyond my control. I felt like you ever like see those like training videos like where players are playing like in training camp and as the guy's trying to throw like a football they're like throwing things at him you know (laughs) so i felt like yesterday trying to get words out and like there's just noise everywhere so i think today we uh we may have solved the issue who knows he spoke yesterday about this idea of immersion and immersion being really the path to the most powerful do that we have we're coming to the end of this idea of 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 nitzachon, which is victory, and we're trying to create a paradigm shift in how we see ourselves and our actions by trying to highlight that the actions that we take really are dependent on the intention that we have. There is a unification of what I do and what I think. And when that is aligned, the actions are really powerful. And when that is misaligned, the actions are really not. So you can literally go through your life, (laughs) achieve very little impact and go, I don't understand. Like I've been doing this. And thank you, Maxine. And not know why it's because we've never really spent enough time recognizing that the actions are just manifestations of intent. And unless my brain is focused, the chaos is going to make my actions like robotic. And she's all the time with people. You can go to school, not learn anything. You can be married and not be connected. You could be at work and basically be just like barely conscious, collecting paychecks. And the big mistake that we make is that we think that it is the work that I'm doing that is leaving me devoid of meaning. It's not. There is something about doing the right things. No question, which we can get to, which is if you're really gifted in one area and doing something that you shouldn't be doing there there's truth to that but when you look at the roles of your life and you're looking for greater meaning and purpose and satisfaction it doesn't exist in doing something else it exists in doing the thing that you're doing much better and this is a huge misconception that when you're running from thing to thing, you're never fully experiencing it. And so nothing is giving you any level of satisfaction. So you feel the lack of meaning and it feels off. So we assume that the reason why it's off is because it's the wrong thing. No, it's, it's the wrong approach. I had this with a friend of mine who was dating. I call him my serial dater. Have I told you about him before? This guy was a serial dater. He dates a girl. First date, it's like, this is it. She's the one. You know this type? Second date, like, oh my gosh, I'm head over heels. 
fifth date, he's like, you know, I was sitting and talking to her and like, I don't know, another girl walked in the restaurant. I'm thinking, huh, maybe, hmm, maybe she's not the one. I, uh, why am I feeling this way for? Eighth date, and we broke up. I'm like, what? You broke up? It's a constant, constant, I'm not engaging in anyone. So I assume the problem is in her never dawns on anybody that the problem is maybe not in her. Maybe the problem is in you because the ability to date means you're trying to delve into somebody else. And as soon as that requires you to put on the, 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 the scuba diving gear and snorkel down to a level of depth. So the variety starts to get, you know, you're done with variety. You're done with the newness, if you will, the excitement of first timeness. Right, which is in its own excitement, starts to depth. Now you have a chance, right? You get through the who are you and you get into a world of depth. That's different. It's harder. It's harder to maintain attention. It's something after you've done, if you've read the first 10 pages of a book. A lot of people that start books and finish them, I'm sorry, a lot of people start, start books and don't finish them because, you know, one chapter in, they're like, mm, okay. A lot of things are started and unfinished. Ever have this? You start projects and don't finish them? Get excited about something for a month and then like drop it? Start diets and don't finish them? Start training and don't finish them? Right? We all have a list of them, right? Like, right? I go like, we're, how many times do we do that? Because the beginning, everything is fun in the beginning. There's a freshness. There's a variety. There's, there's a certain engagement with new that we love. But once you actually get to a place where you can actually be good at it, that newness goes away by definition, because look at how your brain works, right? Because when you're, and let's sort of like delve in a little bit, neuro, let's, let, let's go back to like neuroplasticity so we can explain it. And this will hopefully explain yesterday's concept, which is when, when you engage in something for the first time, the reason why it's exciting is because your brain is making new connections. So that's cool. Your brain now is connecting dots. It's never connected before. Your brain is like, wow, really? You know so-and-so? And then and then not only that, but your brain is also stimulating like all this possibility because you don't know the person yet. Oh my God, this, this, and that, that, that. You're like, everything is like possible because you don't have any real sense of what it is. So you have all these new connections being formed, all this new stuff happening. People think like they like, People think like when they see someone for the first time, like it's love at first sight. Yeah, usually it's not. Usually it's a combination of your brain being like pumped about seeing something and new connections and then desire and newness. It's all this emotionality going on and new brain stuff going on. There's a lot happening when you engage in something for the first time. So as you start making connections and you start having a chance to go into something, now your brain has, has the connections now. Now I know what the books, I know where the book is going. I know what my job is like. I know how to get to my desk. I know, you know, where this person is from, right? I know, unfortunately, a whole bunch of people that are, I'm not, I'm not getting into marriage issues. That's not what I'm trying to get to, but I've spoken to a whole bunch of people that are married three to five years. And this is what they're struggling with. 
just know there at least the people that I'm talking to, you know, there's people greater than me, my mom being one of them in, in the area of married marital therapy. But I'm not suggesting that I'm getting in the way of real marriage issues. But let's leave that to the side. The calls that I get for like advice is not like real marital issues. It's people that I basically know or I'm one degree of separation from that are just like bored. They're bored. They know the person for five years. Like they know everything they need to know about the person. But they don't realize that as you start to form these connections of like the surface, which is the beginning of how you engage in material, right? You have now you have all these neurological connections that are brand new. The subject, the job, the child, the person, whatever. Now you have a chance of taking those connections and finding nuances that lead you to greatness. Right? The, you know the famous book, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. He speaks about the 10,000 hour rule. Right? That's research based on Eric Anderson, which there's a big, there's a huge controversy if it was that if Gladwell said it correctly or he missed the nuance, it's a whole conversation. But either way, the idea that you do think something for 10,000 hours is because when you first do anything, your brain orients around it, neuroplasticity. But if you do the same thing a million times, now your brain has the, the freedom to pick up on the nuance. When I said yesterday about the idea, idea of, of, of scuba diving, if you can hear it past the noise, is scuba diving and then you get to see things. This is how. This is the, the explanation of it because as your brain forms a connection to something, in the beginning, it has to form a very basic connection to it. But once it forms its basic connection, it doesn't do that anymore. Now you can actually now start to form no, nuanceical connections. I can form nuances. And nuances is where greatness lies. And the more I do something, the more my brain can pick up on more and more nuances and then make those rock solid and then go to new nuances and make those rock solid. So if I'm learning how to play guitar and I first start learning how to play guitar, I'm strumming the guitar. My brain's like, okay, where does your hand go? How do you make these sounds? And now once your brain does that for a year or five, I don't know, your brain's like, well, what if you hit this, this string in this order? And now it locks that in. And then if you play guitar for 10 years, your brain and its neurological ability to form connections are forming such nuanceical connections that it has a connection that only you in the world know how to do. Then you look at someone playing guitar, you're like, that guy's insane. Not because he was born insane, it's because he's playing guitar every single day his whole life. So he can do things on the guitar that his brain can get him there. His brain has memory in there, how to work his hands in a certain formation. It's not like he was born, okay, there's proclivity to things, but it's not like he was born with the ability. To, no one hands a three-year-old a guitar and the guy stands on stage and rocks it. Why not? Because it's not innate. There could be a desire or an interest or something fine, but that's not greatness. Greatness is when you spend 10,000 hours playing it. So now your brain knows your hand can move. It's called muscle memory. I told you the story when I wanted to speak at the, uh, the locker room for the, for the, for the baseball players. I wanted to, my friend of mine owned, owned a, a piece of the, the Marlins and I asked him to go speak. And he said, no, because you know, baseball players don't need, motivation you don't need a motivation when a fastball comes at you 98 miles an hour so i'm like how do they hit the ball then the answer is because it's muscle memory they don't know it's when you swing so many bats your brain is now making connections about 
ball movement that's even subconscious. So the ability to immerse in something means that I have gotten past the initial variety level surface. Now I have a shot at starting to create nuanceical neurological connections. Now I have a chance to get to work that is, so to speak, not surface. It's, it's more, if you will, boring because I'm not dealing with big connections. I'm dealing with small connections. I'm not dealing with playing a guitar. I'm dealing with how to make my hands go between three strings and practicing it so often that when I'm on stage, it's natural. I'm sitting in front of a human being and not worrying about like, what's her name? Where is she from? Really? You went to the same high school? This is so new to me. Look at how she looks. I'm sitting there going like, I don't think about this woman. And while we're talking, I'm learning. I can't even pick up on half the things that I learned. I'm learning a nuance about her I never knew before. That's really where the greatness lies. It lies in the ability to know the small little nuances that other people can't know because they don't have the time. Where immersion is, immersion is when you start to do that and you start to allow yourself to be okay to delve into something deeper, which allows your brain to develop neurological connections that it wouldn't have developed if you lived at the surface. So if you go to work every day and every eight minutes you're distracted and you're constantly going back and forth to get your attention, you're really only making the same neurological connection that you made for the past 20 years. And you're like, I've been doing the same thing for 20 years. How come my boss is better? The answer is because you're constantly living at the surface and you're the best in the world at the surface. No question. But if you never allow yourself to delve in and to just be okay for a period of time to be in a deeper place of the work that we're doing, your brain can't see the nuances. And it's in the nuance where it all happens. It's in the nuance where you feel like you're greater. And this is where the emotion and the mind come together. And this is the difference between doing and doing. If your brain's like, how is it going to get impacted? Am I going to get a hit? Are we going to win the game? Does he like me? Is it working? You ever present in front of somebody and someone gives you a look? I ever tell you those stories? I ever tell you those stories of I'm sitting, speaking in front of somebody and they're giving me like a look like this and my half, my, my entire time thinking like they hate it, they hate it, they hate it. What is he thinking? What's, I can't even focus on my, what I'm saying because I'm thinking like, what's he thinking? What? That's impact. You can't, we can't be great at things if we're going to play at the surface. So how do you delve? You delve by allowing yourself time to, to immerse. Where all the, the stimuli surrounds one thing. That's why you go to camp and you're different. That's why you go on a trip and three days in you're different. I, like I said over here, the minute you like stop trying to connect back to your old, not old, but your life and you're in the trip. Why? Because all of the stimuli are all focusing on one thing. The experience is now 360 degrees and your brain now can totally go to a whole new place. 
and the place where it goes to, it picks up on nuances and unlocks emotions and brings back memories and, and you understand things. This week's show coming up on the Shabbat show tomorrow, on tomorrow night, we're talking about s'more miracles. And I had a great, we had a pre-interview with somebody that's going to be on the show tomorrow. Her name is Yida Halberstein. She wrote the book, Small Miracles, incredible woman. It's a great interview. And she speaks about this concept that how many miracles are in our lives that we just can't see because our eyes aren't open. For those of you, hopefully this will be the timeless lessons about Joseph also. Such a big issue in life. Your eyes aren't open to the things in front of us. It's not because they're not in front of us. It's because we're not immersed. We're not immersed. We can't see. So our brains can't pick up on things that are there because our brain also has to pick up on everything else. And so when we talk about doing, and I'm saying a lot of stuff, hopefully it's making sense. I'm trying to pack as much as I can in. When we talk about doing, it's so critical that we realize that in the world of doing is really allowing ourselves to be somewhere, right? The hands and the eyes are either looking over at the having an impact or they're looking over at the thing I'm actually involved in and they're looking at the being, right? That's where we are. We're constantly looking up and down that continuum and the place where we are the most successful, if you will, before we get to the next level is I'm just where I am. No judgment. I'm just where I am. No judgment of like, is this right? Is it wrong? Am I good? Am I not good? Is it my finish? Is it over? Am I, is it impactful? Is it not impactful? Do they like me? Do they not like me? No, 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 no. But when I am where I am, doesn't have to be every single thing you do every day. But wherever you are, where you are for the period of time that you're there, you just got to be there. No judgment as to if it's going or not going. All you're really focusing on are the things that you're doing. You are almost lost in the words that you are speaking and hearing. You are lost in the work that you're doing. You're lost in that work. Like a friend of mine uh, was, was very close to a big rabbi in Borough Park named Rabbi Muttel Zilber. And he once asked him when he prays, how come you don't like sway? And he says, because I'm lost in the letters on the page. Such a deep concept. When he prays, he is lo- he on his prayer book, he he he's lost in the letters. He's worked on himself to be lost in the letters on the page that when he prays, he's only thinking about that word. He doesn't have anything else going on in his life. I'm lost in the words in the conversation. I'm not trying to think through to, I'm just, I'm in this, I'm just listening. I'm lost in the work that I'm doing right now. I'm lost in the walk that I'm taking and I'm just putting my mind somewhere and staying there. This is impossible to go zero to a hundred on this. But we can do this in bits and pieces. This, by the way, is one of the great customs we have for Hanukkah. You know, in Hanukkah, you're not supposed to work for 30 minutes after you light candles. You're supposed to sit by the candles and just look at them. You're supposed to be lost in the light of the candles. Be lost. 
even if not, you can't look for 30 minutes, but be lost in, in the peace that comes with the candle lighting. This is the, this is the really the measure of greatness. It seems like it's counterculture because we live in a world of multitasking and we feel like we're being greater when we're done and we get like make a phone call. I do this all the time, by the way, just so you know, I don't want to think that I got this. I can barely drive in a car for more than five minutes without like, who should I call? What should I do? Who should... But sometimes getting lost in like, I want to think of something that's I need to work out in my head. Having a little open road is the greatest use of our time. The culture that we live in seems to send us into the world of every second, do something, be productive, double, triple, everything, go, 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 go. It just keeps us mediocre. Multitasking is the greatest path to mediocrity. Immersion is, is, the, is, is the method of greatness. Immersion. That's really the immersion really is the tool of great people. They have this unique ability to lock into something and stay locked. Not for 12 hours, even for 30 minutes, even for 10 minutes, they're locked. And when they're locked, they're all there. No judgments. No, how's it going? Am I done yet? What do I got to do today? They're just there. And then when they're done, they're done. And what they're gaining is they're delving into a deeper place. And now they're allowing their brain to make all these nuanceical connections that they never thought they'd make conscious and subconscious. That's the place where the do becomes exponential. And that's where you start feeling satisfaction because you feel good because I'm fully immersed in something. All right, we'll continue and we'll close this out soon because we got to get to B, but we'll close this. But until then, try doing this today. Try getting one area where you feel you can just let go and give yourself 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and just, just be fully immersed in that activity. See how it feels. All right, thanks so much for paying attention, being here. I hope you enjoyed the quiet today because I most definitely did. Have an awesome day with God's help. I can't, see, I can't wait to see you again tomorrow.